I don't belong. I don't fit in. I just embraced that and thought I had to leave everything behind in the Philippines when I was 12. I had to basically start anew in Australia. We're so programmed to want the easy or to work for more or to do more. Life is really short and you're not always going to be with the people that you love. Hi guys, welcome back to a Road Less Doubtful podcast. Sitting here, about to have a chat with the beautiful Ellie. So I had been diagnosed with breast cancer. The things that we are bothered by now in the grand scheme of things is not really going to matter in a few years time. It's not the possessions that you have that are going to make you happy because at the end of the day, those new things, they become the norm. Hi guys, welcome back to a Road Less Doubtful podcast. Today, I am actually sitting somewhere different. I am in Sydney in my hotel room, but I am sitting here about to have a chat with the beautiful Ellie. Um, I reached out to her not very long ago, but I have been waiting to chat to her and I think it is just now the perfect timing to have a chat with her. So I would like to welcome Ellie onto a Road Less Doubtful podcast. How are you? Thanks, Emily. How are you? Good. So, are you feeling? I'm good. I'm very good. Um, yes. So, what Ellie is alluding to is that um, a week ago I had surgery. Um, that's why, if any of you are watching this on YouTube, I am sitting here in my. Um, what do we call? What do we call these? My, my um, precious. I called it your magic mastectomy, bra. <laughs> <laughs> you magic bra. My magic bra. Not a training. Not yeah. I feel like I've gone back to a training bra because there's definitely less in there now. And mine wasn't a full mastectomy. My so my explant surgery uh, and a bit of reconstruction. So yeah, it's just holding everything in right now. And I just I really didn't want anything else on top of me. And there's just a lot happening. So yes, I'm in that. Just we're going for comfort and lots of pillows. Um, and I met Ellie. Back in June, I believe it was. That's correct, isn't it? It was June um, when she came into my Emily Wilson Cosmetics Salon. Um, I can't remember the timeline, so I'm going to let you kind of just let everyone know how that whirlwind unfolded. But you came in to have your eyebrows tattooed by us and you were lucky enough to... I was really sad because I came in and saw you really quickly um, and I got to have a really small chat and you just exuded so much warmth um and I believe you made me cry even in that small little window know, of time that's what I remember yeah that's what I remember is you had a little cry yeah and that's and not what I came in for <laughs> it was a 15 minute conversation and then um it was after I had I had it completed and um Reagan was so lovely as well and then you came in and we had a bit of a chat. I think I had a cry when we had a talk the day before when we were arranging everything. Um, it all happened pretty quickly. So from from recollection, what I remember was my breast cancer nurse, Megan. Um, so I had been diagnosed with can breast cancer. And I just recently moved to Harvey Bay and, you know, just finished unpacking Um and then I had felt this lump in my breast um, for quite a few months and didn't really take notice of it because I thought I was under 40. I'd never, I'd never had any problems with my health. Um, and then it just kept nagging at me. So I went to get it checked after I, um, I finished unpacking after our big move from Sydney to Queensland and um went to see a new gp she had me checked away uh checked straight away like on that day she sent me for a biopsy and 24 hours later um i was diagnosed with breast cancer okay. so it all fell very quickly um and i had met megan my breast cancer nurse who then told me about oh there's this lovely lady her name's emily and she does um, cosmetic tattoos for other eye for eyebrows for cancer uh, cancer patients ladies with cancer um would you like to have have it done and at that stage I had already known that I was gonna lose all my hair um 
I'm not sure if you remember, I had like really, really long hair when I met you. I like up to my waist long. And um, I had really um, thought, oh, I'm going to lose all my hair. Uh, the least I, I can do for myself is look, look all right. <laughs> and, um, and so she recommended you and I called you thinking, oh, it's probably going to take, you know, four weeks. She said I had to get it done before I started chemo. So I rang you and then you were like, come this afternoon. And I, I was so shocked because I was like this afternoon already. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I have work this afternoon, but you know, whenever that is the next availability, I'd like to call along. And I think it was the very next day or two days after. And yeah, I, I had it done. I was so happy with it. And you were so lovely. I, I was I was thinking, oh my gosh, like this is such a wonderful gift. I, I didn't expect it, you know, like and had a cry on the phone because I was so thankful to you. Um and I was I just started I think it was just an emotional time as well and just such kindness from from people I'd received um during that time. I was so thankful. So I think that's how I met. Sorry for rambling. That's not a ramble. It's not a ramble. <laughs> I think that's that's the thing with it because in it's something that I'm trying to, I really want to do more with that space. I don't know how yet. I really don't um, because obviously to be able to get my hands on more women because there's so many that it's happening to where we can get more more brows on um, and see that it's it, it's a big deal because you had so much to think about in that moment, like so much to think about. So it was holy, like you've had this lump, but it's nothing because, you know, you hadn't, because you've just turned 40, correct? I did, I turned 40 uh, early December. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. I'm happy to be 40. Yeah. Some women are a bit, you know, a, a bit ambivalent and a bit scared of growing old. I'm glad I'm growing older. Yeah. I'm so happy. This is the chat that I'm so excited to have with you. So this is the (laughs) way that's going. I'm I'm 40 next year and yeah. um, And your little thing that you wrote um, and and spoke, I think that's kind of the whole way I want to take this, this chat around your identity and the catalyst for things. But um, yeah. So with, with the brows, just doing more in that space, but it's, I feel that not a lot of women at that moment, like, because pretty much what you alluded to is you didn't worry about your breast lump because you were busy getting everybody in your family packed up. And the first thing that you were doing was making sure all of that was taken care of until you moved to Harvey Bay. And then you worried about you, right? So then you went and got it checked. And then they said, okay, there's something for you to be worried about. And then you did that. And then if Megan didn't say to you at that moment, hey, like, have you thought about your brows might be gone, things like that. Because not everyone thinks the same and they still put everybody else first. I I just wonder how big a part of you getting through what you've gotten through so far, you know, because you pull off the short hair so well, like so well. Even though you were stunning with your long hair, your short hair is incredible. Um, but having the brows on your face, you know, it's that different thing. You talk to a lot of different women who who have been through the cancer journey. And when they lose their brows, people know straight away that they're sick and straight away they go cancer. You can't hide it anymore. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I guess let's just talk about, do you think that's made a, a really big difference to you apart from that overwhelming first part, like as big as you thought it might have? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the biggest thing that a lot of women with cancer, I think, deal with is the the changes in your appearance, of course, right? So um, you have to deal with emotional uh, emotional upheavals because of everything that's happening and how you're dealing with it. But also on top of that, you have the physical changes that's happening. Um, it was, I think, having the eyebrows, honestly, um, made me feel... A bit more confident because I thought there's so many physical changes that are gonna ha- that that are going to happen to me. I want to at least feel myself, and I think that having eyebrows kind of lessened that uh, that look of feeling sick. Um, I know it's a cosmetic thing, and it shouldn't be such a big deal, but I think 
for a lot of women, it helps. And it, it is really beneficial for them to feel confident because when you have, um, when you have cancer or breast cancer, from my experience, uh, they talked a lot about what the some side effects might be. So because chemo, for example, will, you can either lose a lot of weight or you can gain a lot of weight okay. with breast cancer. And so that you have that to deal with, like, um, because you are less, you would be less active, um, you're on medication and then the cells in your body are being destroyed so that you can feel better. So you're essentially internally being destroyed so that you can, you can regrow yourself again in that, in that sense. Um, it's a lot to deal with. And then your weight gain, your loss of hair, that's the body image thing is on top of the emotional emotional roller coaster that you're going through that has also impacted me personally because you know I've always tried to I've always tried to look after myself but ever since um like the way that I noticed something was wrong was I would be I gained a a bit of weight and I couldn't for the life of me get rid of it and I was really working out but I'd always worked out and I'd always try to be as physically active as much as I can um and I just couldn't get rid of the weight and then I started getting headaches and I would I would um be nauseous and vomit because of the severity of the headaches and then um so yeah I think being on chemo and then gaining a lot of weight having having that anchor of like I still I still can look at myself and recognize myself in the mirror because I got a lot of, I got so many compliments from my eyebrows they're like <laughs> oh I think they thought it might it was a bit strange like some family members thought oh like you're getting that done you know like you're be you're beautifying yourself in the midst of of um, your cancer battle, but I think that's important to to slow down and look after yourself as well when you're going through such a difficult time because it's it's like uh, you've you're if you're emptying your well, yeah, and then you have nothing else to give to other people. So you have to you have to first fill your own well bef before you can fill other people's. Oh, you have to fill your own cup before you fill other people's. And that just goes, it goes across everything. And it's something that I, I look at and I roll around on so many times. And I guess you could even take my, my implants as one of those things, right? Because we go back 10 years, almost 11. Um, and I got these plastic sacks put in my chest because I'd had two babies. And after two babies, my boobs didn't look the same. I never had anything. Like, let's be honest, I had nothing. And really, I don't know why that was a problem. But for me at that time in my body, that was the thing. My belly was always bigger than my boobs and that was shit. And I didn't like it, you know? And so I was like, okay. And really no one ever knew I had breast implants because they were tiny. They were still smaller than most people's natural boobs, but they, I say they were for me. But even as I say that, I think, well, really, if they were just for me, why wasn't I comfortable enough for just me? But I do actually think they were for me, but I still haven't got to the bottom of that. And it's it's kind of like what you're saying about the eyebrows, because why do you really need them? Because within you, you know, you're going through something tougher and yet you look at you the way you see you. So you create this vision of you in your mind of what you look like and how you want to show up every day. And sometimes I kind of liken that and now I go back to like my grandparents era where they don't go out of the house unless, you know, they have like granddad, you know, they put on their suit and their tie or their pants or, okay, granddad doesn't really do that anymore, but they sort of, they really take pride in their appearance. And I think that's more where it comes from. It's that pride of how can I show up and project that best version of me? And I know for all of us, it's a, it's a different version, but it's like, where do we find that balance and what is a conditioned version of that and what? What is like real for us, but for people to feel, I guess what I don't want women to ever feel 
So it's like whatever feels right for you is right and don't feel selfish, especially in amongst something like that that you're going through. If it's going to help you go through it, because I always talk about wearing like a bright lipstick. If you throw that on and you feel more confident as your power suit, do it. If it's your eyebrows to get through something like this or whatever, do it. I know one of my other ladies, I sent her a heap of pink lipsticks because that that worked for her and she wore them to every treatment and that made her feel better. Why? You know, I don't know. When starting my journey of self-discovery, I felt alone and lost. That's why I'm so incredibly dedicated to this podcast and passionate about building you a place of community to help you remember exactly who you were before life got in the way. So with that said, word of mouth is one way we can grow this community. So please share this with your friends and family. And so you don't miss an episode, I'd love for you to tap the subscribe button. Now, let's get back to the episode. I think it's it's definitely, like you said, doing it for yourself because at the end of the day, you're the person that you have to live with the most. You're, you know, you have to be comfortable in your skin. It's not, yes, it is about the content of your character and the way that, you know, you, you're intrinsically, you know, looking after your own soul and your own self, but you also have to project that outside because... It, that's important as well. We're not just our we're not just our soul. We're not just our mind. It's like a whole you're a whole person, and so everything you need to look after every aspect of yourself, right? And I I found that that's how I would justify it is is yeah, like you said, you you're doing it for yourself, and and no matter what what the what the standard is if you have your own standard to live up to then you'll always you'll always gravitate towards that because that's what makes you feel unique in yourself and yeah I think that that's definitely something that helped me out a lot I like that it, it made the transition a lot better like um it made it I I felt more I felt more empowered to to cut my hair, for example, because I, I thought, oh, my face looks all right. Like without, you know, without the, the long hair, I don't I don't need the long hair now. I've had long hair for ages, so I'm, I'm ready for a change. So I think that helped me having having the brows um, kind of helped a lot in the way that I I managed the transition. You didn't need the brows. I have like the warmest <laughs> smile there is. So you definitely didn't need that. <laughs> it added to the confidence. Yeah. Like for sure. It added, it, it definitely added to co- like being more confident and, and not feeling, not feeling like, not feeling sorry for myself, I guess. Like, but, but there are things that, you know, I think the eyebrows more reminded me of so many like that people are going to look after you if you, you know, if you ask for help mm-hmm. and that there's always people willing to look after you and and are, are kind hearted enough to show you, oh, look, um, you know, here's here's something that you didn't expect to happen. But but oh, this is a gift for you. That's I think that's what that's mentally how I. I looked at the eyebrows thing. It was a physical and emotional gift because it was something that I wasn't expecting, but it turned out really well. So thank you. Oh my gosh. That's the, I think that's maybe the most beautiful way anyone has ever said that or said thank you for that. Oh, it's so nice. But we get, we get just as much out of it because I know Reagan and I spoke about you for, uh, I don't know how long after. Um, because especially, I think you were supposed to have Reagan, like, even though I was bummed, I couldn't do it. I had the kids. Um, I think you and Reagan hit it off with, with the art chats. And I think that, that was absolutely supposed to happen because I know she just loved that conversation with you so much. Oh, I'm so, so glad. Reagan, beautiful. I'm so glad. I loved your studio. I walked in and I was, at, before I even walked in, I saw, I saw your studio and I was like, wow I want something like that that's so beautiful and then I walked in and I was like oh wow I was overwhelmed because it was so beautiful Emily like 
I, I thought, oh, this is amazing. And then I was saying to Reagan, and we were talking about art. And then I, I think we were in the back room at the absolute back room of your studio. And I said, I love it here. It's so zen. <laughs> Cause it has all the bamboo out the back, like tapping on the yeah. window. <laughs> uh, well, we were kind of talking a little bit around identity there. So I think part of it is like, we need to not worry about it changing, right? And, and, and expressing how you want to look. Like you said, we're not just the souls, we're not that. And I know you also said to me, you like your healing journey. And so I think I, let's, let's sort of go there now and not, and let's talk about identity and stuff like that with, with me about to turn 40 and you being 40. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I wish, I think you should read it because you have a nicer voice, but I'm going to read the thing you put up with your midlife crisis, you know, reflections because it was so beautiful and I think it like oh, I, it's so beautiful you actually presented it with your beautiful voice so I may not do it justice but you you said any sudden or dramatic life events can be transformative which I think is why it's so timely that we're having this chat as human beings we are innately programmed to embrace the familiar avoid high risks and secure contentment this we are assured brings a happy life I kind of ad-libbed that you made that a bit prettier but what if we can embrace doubt, accept shortcomings, and ease into the shadow part of life to create a deeper meaning for ourselves and others? And I just think that is so beautiful. And I cried when I listened to it because, <laughs> because one, I cry very easily. And two, it's I just, we are, we're so programmed to want the easy or to work for more or to do more. But when these things come up, it's really quick where we reflect and go, what is just piled onto our life that we don't really need? Why are we working so hard? What are we working for? And what do we love to do? Where do we want to work harder? Um, and what of our values are really the values that we really, truly, truly do want more of, right? So, yeah, so absolutely. yeah, I guess what I would ask you is like the alley prior to the diagnosis, and the alley now, what are the biggest parts and the biggest changes do you think that have occurred? I've always, um, I've always lived life like it was going to run out quickly. I don't know why. I think like I always had a certain sense of urgency. So because I, because I experienced a lot of loss in in my family so I had an aunt so I never met my auntie she had three kids and um the two two of her babies the two elder babies passed away um as soon as she gave birth to them so this is my dad's eldest sister and then the third baby that she had um died in her in her um, uterus and she died hours they got the baby out and she also passed away and so i'd um i'd grown up with a sense of like life could could change that that quickly and um and the people that you love might not always be with you for a long time and so that that her death um really stuck to stuck with me for the like for so long and I guess that's that's also partly why I chose to only have one child because I had an emergency section a C section as well, just like you. Like I was listening to you, and you also had a C section, right? Um, and so um, I had preeclampsia, and she had eclampsia. So I I just I just decided no, it's too scary to to um, to put myself through that again, but. Um, before I got sick, I'd always, I'd always had this, this sense that life is really short and you're not always going to be with the people that you love because I grew up with my dad. My mom came to Australia when I was uh, 11 months old and, and I didn't meet my mom again until I was 12 years old and I got on an airplane and met her at Sydney airport 
So that was the first time I'd seen my mom since I was a baby. So I grew up with my dad. My dad decided, you know what? Um, you will have a better future in Australia. You should be with your mom so that you can get to know her and spend some time with her. And, um, and so I had to leave everything behind in the Philippines when I was 12. Like, um, I had half, like I had my siblings that, that were with my dad and, um, I had to basically start anew in Australia when I was 12. I could hardly speak English. I mean, I understood English, but I, I couldn't really understand the Australian accent. I, up till now, I still speak with an American twang because that's how how we're taught in the Philippines is with an American English. It's probably um, a good thing. It's less bogan. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried and it just sounds ridiculous. Like <laughs> I think I kind of tried to fit in. And so I, I tried to have an, an Aussie accent, but I just couldn't get it right. And I was just like, F it. Not, I'm just going to talk <laughs> the way I speak, right? And so um, I grew up with my mom. My mom is a single mom and... Um, she raised me from 12 from 12 and then I ended up ended up living on my own at 19 so I'd always done things um I'd always I'd always done things a little bit differently from from people that I knew because I grew up in I grew up like not being with a mom and so I was living I was being raised by my dad it was all those sorts of things that I always felt a bit of an outsider to everyone else and so I instead of kind of dwelling on that and thinking oh you know I don't belong I don't fit in I just embraced that and thought I I don't care I don't belong I don't fit in it's all good um and I think that's a gift to to not not be so wrapped up in in being like everybody else and I think that's how we we you and I, for example, I think because we're children of divorce, I think, and we're el we're we're the eldest in the family. We try to carve out our own path <laughs> and think, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't really matter what I'm, you know, whether I fit in or not fit in. I'm just going to do my own thing, um, and it's it it instills like a natural leadership quality I think being an old like the eldest of the oldest born and you know absolutely like, does sometimes whether <laughs> you want it or not sometimes you want to go against that and you just want to just you know just cruise and then when you cruise like I'm sat here and do you know this is this is lighting my soul on fire doing this and, and, you know, like I've been sitting here going crazy, crying because I'm doing nothing and not knowing what to do next and where to take things. And that's what my four days has been until I sit back in front of this and I have this conversation. You know, so, so yeah. <laughs> but yes, firstborns, we just have that. We have, it's like we want to take care of everyone. And then at the same time, it's like, right, how do we get to where we're going? But do you, yeah. do you think before, was it more of, trying to do things hurried like how much can I squeeze in to the short time and 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 a push or did you still do it from a really because you come across to me really quite just calm and really taking in everything around you like really soaking life in did you do that before as well hey guys if this episode resonated with you please take a screenshot and share it to your instagram stories and tag myself at a road less doubtful and if you're ready to lean into the parts of you that have been hidden away and start your road to less doubt and have way more fun i'd love for you to join our community of like-minded women who build each other up inside our free facebook group tap the link in the show notes below and i can't wait to see you on the inside and travel this journey together i i think i did it before but in a in a more uh, subdued way. Now I'm, I'm like, oh, I just, I'm glad to be here. I'm going to, I'm going to soak up life a lot more and have the experiences. And my mom has a really good term for it. It's like cleanse my soul, cleanse my spirit sort of thing. Like, and just start anew. I 
think the diagnosis and then the the operation and just going through going through such a difficult period um, really woke me up to to realizing life is so short. Um, the things that we are bothered by now, whether it's just the things that are that are bothersome to us now in the grand scheme of things is not really going to matter in a few years time. Um, I, I realized more so after I got sick that it's really important to do the things that you really want to do and not worry so much about, oh, what's so-and-so going to think if I do this or, or how am I going to be received? Just do what you feel in your heart is right. Always ask, of course, why do I want to do this? Is it what what's my reason behind doing the things that I'm doing? But at the same time, don't be held back by what you think other people expect are going to say or or you know, the things that hold you back, don't let that hold you back because um it could be you could you could leave this world nobody knows nobody knows how much how much time we have and the more we put up put things off the the less the less we're going to feel like you like we've lived a full life and i think that's important to feel like i always whenever i do things i think when i'm 90 and geriatric and i don't really remember the things i'm hoping i get to 90 or 80 or 70 even but when i'm at, at that age where I'm retired and I'm starting to forget things, I want to look back at my life and go, I was really productive um, in my life or I made some changes or I, I've contributed somehow to making someone's life a little bit better than it was before. And I think that's that's what it's all about, right? It's to it's to kind of make sure that you you are improving and growing but also at the same time that someone else is also is also along the ride with you. I think that's what I was going to say I think I I like ebb and flow on a lot of things um I put a quote up the other day and I'm gonna butcher it but it was something like make choices that your 80 year old self and 10 year old self would be proud of and I love that and I think every time I beautiful yeah because every time you come to something where you're really stressed about it or you're worried about what other people will think. I like, I picture myself on a rocking chair on my front porch, you know, I don't know who would be beside me, but it's like having whoever that person is beside me, because to me, if you're doing it all alone, it's really for nothing. Um, but you know, what will I think of those choices I made? Will I say like, I wish I had have. And then as my 10 year old self, will I look at it and go, you should have had more fun or, you know, you, you know, and the, and those two marry together, I just feel like so well because you'll sit there and go, who did I help along or remember so-and-so because we had that chat that day while I was going through, you know, or like whatever it is. Um, I think that's a really good one to steer through. But I think what like I battle with my values and I think I talked about this in one of my podcasts that has already aired Um with like my values kind of being that freedom and adventure and fun. And I know families in there, like my children and, and relationships and love, because to me, growing with somebody else and you pushing each other to be the best version is like, they're, they're my highest values. And I, I think even, even with this, so like, it was just a shock. I only had a month there where I didn't know what this was going to be. Um, and I've had it with my dad, um, you know, and then I've had plenty of you women coming in with just those same stories of like giving to everybody else and not not filling your own cup up and then like holy shit like what do I really want to be doing now I don't want to be like you said in your thing that catalyst of like I don't I don't like what I'm doing why was I doing that job I don't really know what I like doing anymore all of those things I think with this I sort of went you know what I am I'm really pissed that I'm sitting in this room now but everything I was doing was just getting started again I was paragliding I was having the fun I was doing you know what's yeah. kind of like I was traveling I was finding that balance I was starting to really live aligned with my values and really the only place that I think I was letting myself down there was like I just want a smaller house by the water I don't want a bigger house like 
Like that's kind of it. Like, so I don't know. What about with you? Like your values, do you feel like they're still the same or have you refined them down? Is there some real key things that you go, this is fundamentally what I want in my life. Now this is the things that are non-negotiables that I fill up my cup with. Definitely the importance for me of family and looking at life, looking at life in a way that, like you said, your 10-year-old self would be proud of and your 80-year-old self would be proud of. The more, the, I guess for me, the values that, that I have in terms of looking at what's important in life and really appreciating the time that I have in terms of achieving the things that I want to achieve. It's funny that you said, oh, this happened as I was just having fun because I, I've found with the people that I've spoken with that the most challenging things in their lives happen when when they're at their peak, like emotional peak, like when they're having a great time. And then like with me, <laughs> we were looking forward to to the, the new life, you know, like moving close to the beach, um, having a relaxed time, you know, having a, a house of our own. Those were the things that were like, oh, wow, we've, we've made it. And then suddenly in a day, in a day that changed. But then you come to appreciate more the things that are really important. It's like you said, it's not just, it's not the possessions that you have that are that are going to make you happy because at the end of the day, after a while, those those new things or the things that are that are exciting now, after a while and you don't notice, they become the norm, right? Yeah. So you start getting used to it and the novelty of things kind of fade away. But if you're constantly working on how can I... How can I better myself so that I can be a better mother, a better friend, a better daughter, a better person, a better coworker? Um, then you're on this path of always learning and always growing. And then the things that you want don't necessarily have to be the material, but it's more the experiences like you're, you're, um, you're, amazing adventures i love seeing you um gliding is it paragliding yeah paragliding so cool. <laughs> like um did you just take that up this year and you decided this is what i want to do yeah it was absolutely on a whim absolutely on a whim uh, i was supposed to be going to bali and i had done a tandem paraglide um and it was again just because i saw a guy paragliding and i just said hey will you take me and he's like yes and so I did that and it kind of just said in this, I want that feeling and I want that trust for me. I want to be able to step off and do that for me. Uh, and I couldn't find the time. And then it just turned out that the time I was supposed to be going to Bali, the nine days that I had off were exactly the nine days of this course. Um, and so when I was driving down to the airport, uh, I stopped in to say hello to them. And they're like, oh, well, you know, the course starts tomorrow. Like we've got one spot left. And I just started laughing. I was like, that is not funny because my whole body, and I'm very much about that, like with my human design and stuff, like that feeling of, yes, this is exactly where I want to be. But like, what will everybody else think? Because I was going to let friends down. Um, they were over there already. What would my kids think? Because they were already with their dad. They're going to think I lied. Just so many things went through my head. Whereas I was like, I just really want to do this for me. Um, and I'm so glad I did. And then I found out about this lump two days into that course. And so I'm really glad I wasn't in Bali. Um, and I was where I was. But it's very interesting because like you said, during that, ten, that nine days of learning that new skill, I had to watch myself mentally process the feeling of like, one, I didn't have anyone specifically to turn to in that moment. Like I didn't have my person, but I had so many girlfriends who who were amazing and were around that I could talk to. Um, and then how, like watching me, how I process 
processed it while trying to learn this new skill. Like I was angry that how dare this come in when I'm supposed to be loving this new new thing. Yeah. Um, and then just how much I loved every part of that entire week. So small moments of like sitting on the side of the mountain and watching a storm roll in and just listening to to the music, right? It's like the all of those little moments. Um dancing salsa with a random guy who was like at the end of like the week party just because he used to be a salsa teacher and all I wanted to do was learn salsa and I was terrible but we laughed in the lounge room and did salsa you know drinking whiskey and listening to a guy play the organ and just beautiful songs and just like those things and enjoying good music and good people and and a good sip of whiskey those are the things to me they're They're the everything moments. Hello, hello, it's Emily here. You guys may have heard me talk about human design and will continue to do so throughout my podcast because it's helped me to expand my life using it as a tool along my journey. If you would like to take your first step on a road to less doubt, then download your own free personalized human design chart by clicking on the link in the show notes. Then, as you follow along on socials or the podcast, you'll be able to integrate this and gain more clarity of who you are and remember who you came here to be. Lastly, I'd love for you to join our community of like-minded women inside our free Facebook group. All links are in the show notes. All right, back to the episode. Do you get to, do you feel that even though you had that scare, right? So you said you got that scare during the second day, yeah, the second day of the course. Do you think that it amplified the feeling of living, like savoring everything because this is something that's unknown and and you don't know what's going to happen, what's in front of you, but you're going to savor what's here now so that you have no regrets later. Yeah. Do you feel that way? So I think that course was already going to be life-changing no matter what because I had to learn to trust me and be in this uncomfortable setting where I was not the best at anything and my ego was like going wild and all of the things. So it was already going to be one of those weeks where things were going to change and shift anyway. But it definitely, having that scare added a whole nother layer onto. I I cried like happy tears. I must have seemed so nuts that week because I was just (laughs) like this. Um, And yet I was really calm at the same time. Um, and yeah, just so many just amazing moments and good conversations and just great people. And you just, you just noticed everything. You just noticed everything. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. So you're asking about values. It's like you're, you're forced to savor things because it amplifies that sense that life is not permanent. This time, time goes faster as you get older, you don't have like you don't have as much time to do the things that you want to do. So do them now. And I think that's why I love, I love seeing your, like seeing your adventures because you really exude that. I'm going to, I'm going to take life by the ball. <laughs> like with a, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you know what? I'm still trying to work out. I'm still really trying to work out the, because there's a balance between having to earn money and support and, you know, and do the things that you have to do in order to then go and take life by the ball. So you have to then enjoy those mundane tasks. So you've got to make those mundane tasks not so mundane. It's the instead of I have to, I get to do mentality. And and you have to love, you have to find the things that you love to do, the things that you're good at and the things that you enjoy doing. Because even though you enjoy work, there are going to be times that are, it's going to, it's going to be tedious and sucky, right? Nothing. That's what I always tell. So I tutor, I tutor high school kids. Okay. And, and a lot of them are in the HSC phase of their, of their uh, schooling. So I always say, uh, find the thing that you would love to do, even if it sucks that you will enjoy the sucky part of it. <laughs> yes, there's not gonna be a perfect job for you. There's not. There's not gonna be a job where you're gonna be a hundred percent happy all the time. Sometimes the job that you love is going to really suck on some days, but you have to enjoy that 
and say this is a challenge and enjoy enjoy that um mundane part of it you're absolutely right yeah well i love this conversation (laughs) i think i have like one more question maybe for this because i think everyone listening will have loved listening to this so far i just know they will but i know you you love like healing and you said growing and you know learning more and more about you so i'm curious with everything that you are going through and have gone through what are you doing for you like what is what is it for you that you've gotten interested in or curious about when it comes to like healing your body and being being the best you you can be through this apart from just being so positive and you know shiny oh well thank you um I've always I've always um maintained that learning like continuous learning for me really really helps me stay in the positive mindset as well as physical um like being physically active so um they always advise so cancer council and the nurses will always say physical activity really um, helps you recover and I find that just that the simple things of of reading a book and then and then walking my dog early in the morning and seeing the ocean as we walk uh, just even even really light physical activity helps with my mental health so um, a lot of that really just I've always, I've always painted. Um, I, I, lo- I think reading saved my life, or reading improved my life immensely. So I always, now I make time for it. Before it was just to read for work, and but now it's more reading for leisure, and that's why I restarted my YouTube. So I, I kind of went quiet for a long, long time. I, I enjoy learning new things so I taught myself ukulele when I was 37 or 38 just learning new things I think helps helps um anyone feel better I think you need to come with me to ukulele club so that I get back into doing my ukulele again because I really miss my ukulele like I really do but I need I need to kick in the bum you're like my blonde twin I think <laughs> I sort of did it for a while and then I was like oh no I think I want to go with the guitar so I got a guitar it's like it's too many strings and <laughs> and I just I love I love the sound of the ukulele it's it's I mean, happier it's happier it's such a happy little instrument yeah. and it makes me it makes me happy it's I like that's also why I learned it it's like four strings easy to do um, yeah, so I think learning new things, whatever it is, um, I try to to um, to challenge myself. Like, I'm not as physically active as you because I have, you know, like, um, because, you know, it's, it's hard to be physically active when you're just recovering, yeah. but I'm hoping to be physically active. But you inspire me in so many ways in, in terms of, like, just going for it and just yeah I think learning never never stopping learning whatever whatever your interest is really helps mental health yeah so I would yeah I think that's generally what I would say keeps me keeps me alive I love that I think that's great because I think isn't that the saying anyway once you stop learning you're dead like that's that is the saying. like if you can't be bothered learning and you're not learning anything each day then then what is the point yeah, absolutely. I think I think life is here to I think life itself is a lesson, right? So everybody has different lessons and different different subject matters that they specialize in, but at the end of the day, you have like I like looking at life as if you're going through school, but it's it's your own sort of life school that <laughs> you choose your own subjects and you you choose you know, you choose your teachers, really. So, yeah, and most of the time you're on your own to learn, right? Yes. And then, but, <laughs> but it's cool because when you start choosing to not care what other people think and 
start really looking into you, then the teachers that show up are other people that are more like you. And then you just get all of this cool stuff reflected back. And then class becomes a lot more fun. Like I found, I found my, my beautiful blonde twin. (laughs) (laughs) You're younger than me, but. Only only six months. Like it's only six months. It's okay. It's not even a year. (laughs) But I, I'm just, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think the more that you get to know yourself, the the people that you gravitate towards or the people that end up surrounding you are people with the same sensibilities and the same interests or just the same sensibilities. Not necessarily everything about you guys will be the same, but you have these values that align. And I think that makes life richer. Not necessarily that everybody has to be the same, but that you're surrounding yourself with people who enrich you rather than who who will, you know, not really contribute anything positive sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just uh, I mean, amazed. Well, I mean, from the moment, like the moment that you phoned to doing your brows and then come full circle. Now I'm in Sydney where you used to be in Sydney and you're in Harvey Bay and I'm going through this and mine is nothing on what, you know, what you are going through and what you went through. And yet, you know, you've touched base with me and you've checked in and really like relative strangers. And yet that's not how it feels. And so that's, that's an energy transfer and that's really beautiful. And so I think thank that's you. what it's about. So thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so beautiful. Thank you so much for having me um, like participate and um, more power to you. This is an amazing platform that you're building and. I know that you're that you're gonna do amazing things. Well, I think you need to be doing more with your YouTube. So, can you please tell people where they can find you on Instagram and where they can find you on YouTube as well, so that when you write more of your poetry and your beautiful words and your probably a book, I feel like you're going to be writing a book. So, can you, you. let them know, please? That- Thank you, Emily. So, uh, you can find me on Artsy Mama B. Um, on Instagram and YouTube and yeah um, that's that's pretty much all the platforms that I'm on at the moment yeah perfect well we'll put everything in the show notes below so if you do want to find Ellie you can find her there and you can start following along her her art stuff her journey her YouTube her whatever Um, but I hope you guys loved um, our conversation as much as I enjoyed having this conversation today and um, we'll chat to you on the next podcast See you guys later. Bye.